Hi there, welcome to an episode of an Inside View podcast in association with On The Ball Team Building. I'm your host, Jamie Finn. If this is your first time listening, please do go back to episode one and have a listen. If you haven't done so already, please do click subscribe. There is a business or sports person in each of us, and we hope that our guest stories will help our listeners to chase their dreams. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 61 of an Inside View podcast. We're on the ball, team building. Big shout out to GRG Sports and Victory Harbour Asset Management for the continued support. We really appreciate it guys. This week we're delighted to be joined by former Lout GA star JP Rooney. He gave 15 years service to the Wee County. 2006 was actually a very successful year for Rooney as he helped Lout win both the Tommy Murphy Cup and gain promotion to Division 1 of the Allianz National Football League. Rooney played a key role for the Wee County in 2010 Leinster final against Meath which they lost to controversial circumstances. Rooney won his first senior county title with St Martins in 2020. What was that like? Was it like around the low camp after the Leinster final in 2010? We have a huge amount to cover, so let's bring him on. Hi JP, welcome to the Interview Podcast. How are you keeping? Great Jamie, yourself and enjoying this good weather. Uh, yeah, true. I suppose it's hard not to be happy in, in these good times. True, true, true. Trying to make the, the most of it. Um, I suppose we, we look, we'll bring it back over the last 14 or 15 months. You know, how, how has it been for you COVID-wise? You know, I suppose, what did you learn? from that that you know that period yeah it's, look it's the same as everyone it's been a, been tough to to uh, get used to working from home to juggling things like that to, uh yeah just been confined nearly you know that sort of way uh i suppose like, a bit like everyone you, you don't mind getting away a few times a year but that was kind of that was kind of uh, all done away with but I suppose I'm I'm kind of lucky in a way we've we built a house here uh, two years ago so we've moved into that uh, wife and two kids so they kind of fill, fill, fill the time up like I suppose it's more uh, single people living at home that I'd feel sorry for that I suppose they live for the weekend getting out maybe two nights the weekend that's what they live for so I suppose I'm, I'm lucky in a way uh, Take the positives out of it. I suppose it's great to to be. I suppose if you what I said there, if you take the positives out of it, and you are working home, you're spending a lot more time with the kids and things like that that you probably wouldn't have before. So, yeah, look at it. It has its bads, but it also has its ups as well. What was the biggest adjustment for you when that you know when COVID did hit uh, hit the country? Uh, just adapting, adapting to working from home. Uh, I suppose going up to my, my parents would be in their eighties now, so going up to visit them. I suppose for the start we weren't going in, you know, you're we talking through the window, things like that. I suppose it was hard looking at them. They would have went away a lot, uh, and I suppose they were kind of down in themselves as well to to try to get it. So that was probably the the hardest part of it, you know, for looking at looking at them. Yeah, it must have been it must it must have been difficult, um, you know, especially you know a couple a couple of weeks earlier you would have been meeting them freely like and you know when the restrictions came in then um you know there was a way to communicate via window or whatever the case may be 
Um, you, we, we kind of spoke about their affair and, and something um, I, I just became aware of as of late. You set up your own company as well um, lately. Was that something that was always in the pipeline or, or was it something uh, no. that happened as a result of COVID? Uh, no, probably what wouldn't have been in the pipeline. And I suppose it, it did kind of just, it kind of just happened. And uh, how does it not, uh, was kind of just, yeah, it kind of just happened. Uh, but no, it wasn't planned or anything like that. But yeah, look, it's in, since I've uh, since I've made the move, I'm absolutely delighted. I suppose one asset of it, one part of it, that we're uh, a company called Trinity Finance, where we'll do car, agri, and asset finance uh, uh, nationwide. So yeah, it's going. I suppose it's going well. It's the same as any startup. It's it's hard work and and. Uh, trying to build on it that's the, the main thing at the minute and I suppose we have another side of the company where we do life pensions and mortgages so the hardest part at the minute is trying to get an office it's hard to see go viewings uh, we had to get agencies set up things like that so everything's kind of been done online everything's just taken longer because of staff working from home so yeah but look at no really excited about it uh, yeah looking forward to the challenge and I suppose looking forward to getting back out into the into the into the car dealers, into the agri dealers, and and out more meeting people and because people deal with people, I suppose. And I suppose the the more you're out and and, and about, the, the the more business you'll get, you know. Yeah, that must be that must be the biggest challenge for you at the moment is you know to kind of get those customers or get more customers on board because you're not out there on the ground or not out on the ground as much as you'd like to be, especially at the early stages? Yeah, like the first thing uh, someone will say is you call in and then it's like, you know yourself to try to get a meeting then is hard. So uh, as I said, people deal with people and uh, the more interaction you have with people, the better. And there's nothing like face-to-face as opposed to being on the phone or Zoom or anything like that. You, I suppose you get a good feel for someone when you meet them face-to-face. So yeah, uh, as I say, it's probably, that's the most challenging thing at the minute. Uh, but I suppose we have enough to to keep us going till these gods uh, they 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 all lift. Yeah, hopefully that will be in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> Fingers crossed. You yeah. just don't know the, the way, way it's things going. Are. It's probably the opposite. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Um, I suppose you know, looking back, what would have prevent you from doing you know taking the leap before? Because obviously, you know, you know, taking the leap into having your own, you know, being self-employed is, is probably challenging and, and daunting in a way. Uh, I suppose maybe comfort zone, maybe. I would have went, uh, I started with the previous company in 2013 and probably grew that, uh, opened up the whole asset finance end there. And uh, I suppose maybe just comfort zone, I was probably happy enough to be let someone else maybe do all the, the work behind the scenes and that. So, uh Again, maybe just maybe just forced into where I'm going now, but I haven't looked back since. I know I know it's only getting up and running, but it's so much right. There's a lot more challenges, but it's very exciting too. And and we're we're uh, really looking forward to the to the challenge that lies ahead. And what would have been the biggest challenge um, so far? I suppose you know your kind of answer already. Not getting out on the ground, meeting people is probably the biggest obstacle. Really, is it? Yeah, definitely. And uh, I keep saying it, people deal with people. But uh, another obstacle at the minute I'm finding is a lot of the companies 
that we're trying to get agencies accessible with. Uh, a lot of people are working from home and we do a lot of mortgages uh, and everything just seems to take maybe two or three weeks longer than, than it was. And I don't know if it's volume or if it's just, I suppose you, you have to uh, feel sorry for these companies where, and I know ourselves, like we're working, like we have four, four in total staff at the minute and we're all working from home. Uh, hopefully that will change on the 1st of August. But, uh, you know, so you have to ring, well, you'd usually just talk over the desk to someone now, you have to ring, you know, so things are just taking a little bit longer than than they have been. But that's, yeah, but look, it, I suppose it's it's a challenge, but there could be a hell of a lot worse things there, you know. True, true, no, definitely. Um, how did your perception versus the reality of, you know, setting up the business, how, how did they differ? The, your your perception of, of setting up the business, how did that differ from the actual reality of it? Um, you know, the way you can kind of plan so many things in your head that the next couple of weeks are going to be X, Y, and, and, and Z, and they, have to, they end up being A, B, and C. Do you know, how, if you, do you know what I'm trying to ask? Yeah, I do. Like, I suppose a simple thing that you're trying to do and get up and going with ends up to be like in two weeks, you know, the sort of way that you didn't see this, you didn't see that. But I suppose like anything, there's teething problems. And at the minute, everything's kind of just up in the air. We have no office, as I said to you there, the four of us are working from home. But uh, as of the 1st of August, please God, uh, we'll be into an office. And I just think things will get easier then. Uh, we'll have more of a structure. As I said, the hard part is working from home, especially with two kids. You know, you're you're in the office, you're out with the kids, and then next thing it's like 10 o'clock at night and you're still in the office, you know. So there's no cut-off point, at least when you're in an office, you're you're only there to work. But I suppose when you come home, then you, you try to switch off as best you can. But with everything so accessible now, I think it's very hard to switch off. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, 2020 was a lot, long live in the memory of a lot of people for COVID and you're, you're definitely the same, but it was the year that you got over the line in the football um, and you were able to retire and go out on a high. Have you any um, regrets? Uh, would you like to uh, continue playing? Uh, yeah, look, I'm kind of half still involved at the minute. Uh, <laughs> so he hard. says that smiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just hard to let go, I suppose. Uh, it's probably a fear, sorry. It's probably a fear of, of the void, maybe, that's going to be left. Uh, I still enjoy it. Uh, look, I don't know what I have to offer or anything, but maybe more so off the field than on the field. Uh, I had a good chat with Fergal at the start of the year, and he was just saying, look, if, if you can be around, be around. Uh, and then I suppose at the minute, just with injuries, there seems to be an awful lot of injuries in, in every club. So uh, he's asked to be around. But uh, yeah, look, at come back to last year, I suppose we didn't think it would, the, the, the season would happen. And it kind of just went steam steamrolling the, the championship, but probably down the same down as your, your, yourselves. Like it was kind of fairly full on for a couple of weeks. And, I suppose we were lucky in ways that we kind of kept injury free last year and we had a good run at it. And yeah, as you said, yeah, finally we we, we got over the line. Well, can, uh, you, can you describe yeah. the emotions at that? Like, it must have been unbelievable to, to get over the line when you're so close the previous years. 
Yeah, it's it's funny. Well, like since I suppose winning this, it's, it's it's funny you don't think about it as much. But I know for the two previous defeat defeat defeats, you're, you're a like John, the the son was a young child after the first one, and I remember like you're going to feed him in the dark room every night, and that's all that was in your thoughts like for for months, like and. Yeah, I suppose the emotion of winning it, I, I thought it'd be more, if that makes sense. But it's it's nearly like a, a fulfillment or something like that. But I, I definitely think you think more about losing than you do of winning, if that makes any sense to you. Yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely. And it's, I suppose you, you, you'd have time, you had time now to digest it. Um, do you think you would have been able to step away? Albeit you have said you're kind of, back involved now again um do you think you know winning that was kind of a closure in in your own mind in your own chapter yeah i i definitely think it was uh on a selfish end uh like i didn't get a run at it last year at all myself bit bit of a sub here and there and uh this is probably sound very selfish but you would have preferred to win it to be more involved if that makes any sense uh but I suppose yeah, you have a medal at the end of the day, and then uh, like you'll always be able to have that. But uh, I suppose in in my own head, I would have preferred to have more of an involvement in in winning it, and that's not taking anything away. And I suppose even at the at me me pump, uh, it it probably would have been the same because of the of the panel of players that's there at the minute. Uh, it'd be hard to get in and in, you know. You have twenty five years service or so with with the club, so I think you're uh, you've you've well uh, well earned it at this stage. Yeah, and going back, it's I suppose it's something that's it's uh, I suppose, But then I remember when when I finished up with the county, you were probably saying I was saying to myself, "Geez, how am I going to fill my time?" And then when you're a step away from it, it's kind of like, "Geez, how the, how the hell did I get time to do that?" So hopefully, it's be the same when when we eventually do hang up the boots. But uh, look, I just love being involved. It's a super bunch of lads that there. Uh, you know, uh, I know you were on about Jim Farrell, what Jim Farrell would have brought in a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, he would have created leaders in the group. Uh, and I just think it's a lot of the, the success has come from, from there and I suppose the players driving it. And that would have came from, I suppose, Jim Farrell, you know, putting those structures in place. And, you know, it, it's, you know, these things don't happen overnight. It probably takes a couple of years for everything to be bed into, you know, into the team and, and, and whatnot. Yeah, like in 2000, I think it was 2016, we were in the relegation playoff. And, uh, you know, I, I just... I remember saying after the game, like it was so, so important for the club to, to stay senior that year. Uh, we knew what crop was coming. Uh, I think the lads won the uh, minor championship final that year. So we knew what was coming. We knew the attitude of the lads that were coming. Uh, we knew what Jim was after bringing. And since then, it's like it's been it's been a serious journey since then. Like we, we've never been in a senior final and then the next year, we, we uh, I think we won the league in 2017. Uh, so, like, from been relegation, relegation, from now been 
like I suppose for years up until 2016 you were kind of at the start of the year training to stay up and now you're training to, to compete in in finals or you know so it's a big difference and a big difference for for the crop that came and long may it continue and you know looking back now I suppose that three three or four years um you had no look back and what what was the turning point of that mindset from you, you put it a very good way there of training to stay up uh, you know to swap the mindset to training to actually win a, a championship how well if you could put your hand in it what changed or how did how did he you know instill confidence in the group uh, I suppose he would have put a lot of ownership on the players uh, like at the time uh, I know I because for, for years I suppose on a, on a just from a personal level like I would have been uh, very mouthy on the pitch like the referees etc etc uh, like Jim would have just said to me, if you continue that, like you won't be on the pitch. Like, so I had to change, you know, uh, my uh, myself and had to kind of work hard on that. Uh, and that went ripple right down to the to the team. Like, if any of any flaws that were putting themselves before the team, uh, it was good night. So he probably worked a lot on that and then got the players to back it. Uh, so you know, to go to the to go to the all blacks in the no dickheads or or that. I I think he kind of brought that in and still that into everyone. And I suppose even maybe the younger lads that were coming in could see then that the senior players weren't, you know, like everyone was welcome. There was no real clicks or anything. Uh, and it was it was the, the the players that 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 I suppose changed all that. Like there was no point Jim saying all this if the players weren't doing it themselves. So definitely it was it was, I suppose, Jim's ideas and and then the players backed it up. Like Jim would have asked a lot. Not really football wise, he would have asked a lot on 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 the head on the mental end, on the discipline end, and and everyone just bought in and you can see it now where where it nearly just runs itself, you know what it's all way. Yeah, that's that's interesting. How, but again, I suppose he had to have buy buy in from the players, and the the talent was there, and the crop, and I suppose the pick was there as well. You know, if you didn't have a big panel, it's hard enough to instill that because you know if if you're losing three or four guys out of a panel of twenty people or twenty five people, you know, in small clubs. But I, I believe you have a big enough panel, have you? Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I still even think he he going back to it he, he would have let people go if, if they thought they were bigger than the team but yeah at the minute there's a serious serious crop there it's like Chico's I think there could be I think there's over 70 uh, adults uh, registered like but there at the start of the year like there was probably in around 50 training uh, and the club have the club have shown grace uh, like they've got a fairly well-established junior manager, uh, so they're giving everyone as fair a crack as as they can, you know. Oh Jesus, that's a that's a serious crop to to pick from. Um, yeah, but it's, I suppose it's hard on people that are trying to get into the senior panel, and you know uh, where where with other clubs they'd be they'd be probably starting, you know, that sort of way. So it's very it has its. It has an awful lot of pluses, but it also has minuses too, you know. From the club perspective, I suppose it's, it's about managing 
managing that, isn't it? So they won't have a, a drop off rate. Yeah, like, and I suppose the club probably took a took a stance a, a good few years ago to work on the underage, and we're definitely seeing the benefits of it there now. Like I know at the under, you know the kids train there on Friday nights. There could be eighty to a hundred kids oh. uh, training there at the minute. So again, going back to a bit of a bit of success, what that brings to a club, uh, it, it you know it, kids want to play Gaelic football now. They see the likes of Sam Callow, Craig Lynch, and all these lads. They see them and playing with Larry. They see this. They, they want to buy in now. Do you know, which is brilliant and success breeds success. I, I really really agree with that. Would you have liked to crack at the Leinster Championship? Do you know, I know obviously they, they didn't go ahead last year the the club championship um, because you won Louth. Would you even done? To represent Lothian in the in the Linster Club Championship. Yeah, it's that's I suppose another down point on on last year and and winning it or whatever. Like, yeah, look at you you would have went into that and you know you all in the last couple of finals that we were about and you always envied the Blues going off to play in Leinster because the shackles were kind of off and you know it was you know it was a bit like these Iceland teams that do well in the Euros. They you know it's. You know, you just go and play football. There's no pressure. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it was a, a lot. All the lads was just mad, mad to, mad to. Would have loved to have get a get a crack at that. You know. Now, at the final last year, was there crowds there? Yeah, uh, I think it was limited. Uh, I'm not sure what the what the official the numbers, numbers were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We were doing the warm-up, I remember that, and there was lads crawling through ditches and everything to get in. There was lads getting in through boots of cars and all that. So maybe if there was a hundred allowed, there might have been well, there a couple of hundred there. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And how, so it how was great you, then for, for, the, for the people that were there, you know. And how, how did you, as, um, I suppose, as a community, really, you know, enjoy that success with the restrictions? Um, I'd imagine, you know, it couldn't have been as, as free for, as free you know, falling or whatever as, as it would have been, you know, without restrictions in place. You know, what was the community able to enjoy the success as well? Yeah, like we we went back for Neil to the local to the local monastery in there and uh <clears throat> again it was just the the players and and uh that that was in a certain room. Uh but look at everyone did get to celebrate, probably not as much as normal times would have been, but definitely uh we we'll, won't say too much in that, but we definitely got to got to celebrate. And thanks be to God, there was no there was no uh, no break or anything like that. No breakouts or anything. Then, thankfully, yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, so you lost the final in two thousand and eight and nineteen, um, against Newtown Blues. What kind of got you over the line? You say in in twenty twenty, if you had to. Put your 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 finger on it. I, I know there is a loss of a teammate in, in seventeen, um, coming home from cl- a club match and sustaining a heart attack. Would you've drawn inspiration from that? You know, sometimes the losses can go positive or, or negative motivation in in a team. You know, some sometimes lads might get too emotionally in, attached and might end up getting sent off. For example, you know, did you use that as an inspiration as or? Did you bring it into the mindset at all? It's it's funny in like the sort of fella he was. Uh, he was an inspiration, uh, and going back to what we said earlier uh, about uh, 
you know the players running things and all that like the way Benny was like I because I, I know after most games when again going back to my mountain to the referees and all that oh like the amount of rows that he that he rang and said this isn't good enough blah blah blah, blah. so that that was like the sort of stuff that was going on and in fairness Benny was a massive leader and led by example would say his bit but done his talking on the pitch if that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, then in 2017 we won the league for the first time which was absolutely massive and uh, yeah I definitely think in that game it was it was an emotional it was more emotional then we played the Gales in the semi-final and that was before that that was a uh, it was more recent after when Benny passed and I think we got emotionally involved in the game and probably in the wrong way and it, we, we, we got bet in the semi-final and it was one that we probably let go away let, let slip uh, and I suppose then we, we gained uh, experience from it and then obviously got to the final the next year and bet by the Blues uh, and then maybe I suppose it was a fear of, win- fear of winning I think and the same the second year and it's amazing what we worked on mentally uh, I just think 2020 I just it's easy probably saying it now but I just think we were far more mentally strong for that year than, than previous years You said mentally what kind of stuff would you have done as a team? Uh, like I suppose in 2019, I think we were happy to be there. It was the first final, the club, first championship final the club had ever been. It was nearly like, let's give it a shot. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, then probably was, we were in a position to win it and we let it slip. I think then the following year, we were probably a better team. Uh, we had a better panel. Uh, obviously, a year on, we were better structured, etc. I think we thought we were going to win, thought we deserved to win, and probably weren't prepared that way. And then I think the game got called off, uh, and I think that was a massive thing for ourselves because the game was called off Sunday. We were geared up, and then we kind of dropped, deflated me a wee bit, and uh, uh, we just probably weren't as prepared as we, we should be. Again, we were probably soft mentally, thinking we deserved to win it. And then, but I just think last year we were we were just so like you, you it's probably common knowledge. Jim McGinnis was involved with us with Fergal Real, who had won previous championships. Uh, I just thought we'd done a lot of work on where we where we should be mentally. McGinnis, how is he like? Yeah, look, I suppose it's, it's no secret what he is like. He's he's a hundred percent man, and uh, you know I like. He's that's I suppose the best way you could describe it. It's a hundred percent or nothing. Uh, but just it was brilliant to get an insight into into where he comes from and what he brings. It, it was yeah, it was a great experience to to, to get that. And like what, what like you know would he have added different drills or was it just intensity? And I suppose the the status of the man brought a huge amount of to training. Yeah, uh, the status of the man, I think, would have been the main thing. Uh, again, our uh, masseuse works, J.D. McGrenner worked uh, with Jim for years. 
uh, and you can see that the way he operates, uh, JD just does everything at hundred percent, and uh, I suppose you can you can see why Jim had him there because it's evident for the players. There's no like he'd tell you stories of what he would have been doing with Donegal at the time and be just like, wow, you know, so to, you can see why they, they, they won it with Jim uh, and you can definitely see what he brought to us. And just on that, I suppose that's something that was very uh, standout of Fergal really won, I don't know, many championships he had won in loud with the Pats and, you know, if I suppose if he had had an ego, he could have said, "Sure, why do I need Jim McGuinness?" He welcomed Jim McGuinness in, and I'm sure he learned stuff out of that. So, uh, again, it just kind of brings it back to where where what we were talking about there. It's it's no person or player is is bigger than the team. Yeah, I know it's it's. Uh, I think I think Fergal won three championships with uh, with the Pats. With the Pats. Um, yeah. but it's uh, it must be like I'm just trying to. You know, many inter-county teams would love to have Jim McGuinness, you know, inside in the dressing room or on the pitch. Um, it must have been an unbelievable experience to, to have him. And like, Yeah, yeah. That's, I was just saying to the young lads to, that are, or the young lads, you that are with Loud at the minute, like, you know, to have Jim McGuinness and Mickey Hart in the, in the one year, it's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Some massive step up, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Come here, you know, looking back over your career um, to date, how do you think the attitude or dedication of a club player has changed? I suppose when you started out, the recovery was a few points. No, that wouldn't happen, you know. That was an inter-county uh, team as well, <laughs> not only club. <laughs> yeah, look at it, it's gone. Look at it, it's gone beyond. It's like back then, if you were fit and you had a uh, you know, if you're naturally good at football, like you would have went a long way. But now there's so many aspects of it. You know, like yeah, your recovery, your diet, your gym program, your strength and conditioning, your running, the basic skills. You know, it's the actual tactics. I'd say is more than anything. You know, now, like you know, you probably looked at enough of football. I know back when I started, it was fifteen again, fifteen and. Health ladder. So uh, that's, I suppose, the tactical end and just how they look at Like, our county lads come back this year, and I'm sure, like like every other uh, club team and the county players come back, it was just like, wow. Do you know, their everything, like their physique, everything, like the wood probably nearly stick out a mile. Uh, do you know, I just think what the effort that they're putting in, and please God, it under Mickey, it's it flourishes because uh, like I know our minors are in the semi-final now so I just think things are going probably right and loud since since Mickey Mickey Mickey's come in well, that's yeah definitely it was a massive um, massive signing to bring uh, Mickey Hart in everyone thought like just the papers after getting this wrong but uh, it was unbelievable you know to get him installed as as the manager and obviously he's obviously you know inspiring the, the whole overall county into you know to prosper and succeed yeah that's i suppose what uh, what fits are done like uh, i remember the interview was that oh mickey hart's available now so we'll see and i think uh, the whole country laughed like and then in fairness the fits are he got him in and by the sounds of it i don't think he's there for like one 
one or two year plan. I think he's there for the long haul. So that can only improve Loud football massively. And I'm sure he demands the best. And I'm sure that will just ripple right down to, to, to the development squads and everything. And hopefully it gets kids and that back wanting to play for Loud. Do you think you're you're kind of touching to start, but you're you're you know you're kind of reluctant to step away from football, um, because I suppose, you know, it has been such a massive part of your life. Is it the fear of losing that identity? Is that something you ever thought about? Because I, I've spoken to a lot of retired players, and that's something they they kind of fought with at the time that you know they're no longer a professional athlete or inter-county player or Olympic athlete or whatever they're just you know whoever walking the street do you know what I'm trying to say is that something yeah, across your uh, mind? no that wouldn't be a fear at all uh, I, I, I think I'm, I'm I'm weaning down that way if that makes sense <laughs> because uh, yeah I think I think there's a lot what would you say it's like I know Maybe before it might have been Niamh Martin and JP Rooney, but my name would be well down the list now if, it, uh, if you were to link uh, Niamh Martin to, to names. Uh, I think there's uh, a lot of other lads that are that are uh, shining bright there. So, no, that it's, that's not, that definitely wouldn't be a fear. Uh, look at, as I said, of a lot going on uh, outside of football as well. I suppose two kids. Uh, you know, setting up my own. Uh, so, no, that's not. That's definitely not a fear. I suppose to be able to go on holidays when you want, uh, things like that. Uh, be able to do things in the evenings or whatever, or to, to let yourself go a little bit as well. Uh, no, uh, I definitely wouldn't say that's a fear. In ways, you're kind of looking forward to that. Uh, and what what you did say earlier, it's a lot easier to go out. With a with a championship medal than 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 to go out with nothing. So, uh, no, that wouldn't be a fear. Uh, thankfully, Are you involved with the void of. Sorry, sorry. What, no, what are you saying? No, the, what yeah, are you saying? No, the void. No, it's no, the void. no, it's just the void of of what do you what do you do and how do you adapt to that? But I just think with everything that's going on, personally, etc. Uh, uh, I think there'll be enough there. <laughs> You're slowly kind of moving away, like from the yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You you were involved with the um development squads, were you at one stage? No, 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 just a uh, club. Uh, oh, club, no, club, that, yeah. that, I read that in some paper, so the information was wrong there. <laughs> wrong, yeah, I, I did do a few bits and pieces, but nothing, nothing uh, set up. Uh, but nothing, no commitment. Uh, involved the twenty, doing the twenties in the background, sort of way on twenty ones a couple of years ago. But, uh, that could but nothing, so, yeah. uh, nothing, nothing major. No, no. But please God, in time now, uh, because uh, I've done the coaching, I've done the level two and that. So, uh, you know, hopefully we gearing up to to that and going into coaching kids, etc. Than than more than adults. <laughs> Something I found very interesting. I, I know you. I've only a vague memory of it, um, and I think it's important to touch on it now because, uh, obviously, COVID just happened or is still going on at the moment. But the foot and mouth disease in two thousand and one, it couldn't have came at a worse time for Lout. You were doing so well, um, in Division One. Once you got promoted the previous year, I think you beat Kerry, who were all Ireland champions. Um, and drew against Offaly in the, in the first two rounds. 
Um, and then the foot and mouth kicked in. So I think kind of that kind of messed everything up. Yeah, like I suppose uh, that was my first year, 99, 2000. It used to be the, the three games before Christmas and the four after. We, we won the Division 2 in 2000. Uh, it's funny that we won Division 2 and then the restructure of the league. So I think it was Division 1B maybe uh, that we were in. Yeah, and going well and going back then, it was a, it was a very tight-knit group that we had then. Uh, and then, yeah, put them out and we, I think Longford better stand that year. But I suppose our preparations were hampered. I think we were probably the worst county. Uh, like I remember, we, we used to be training in twos and threes on the beach and things like that or in a running track around the place and that. But I suppose like you can only do so much running and things like that. You still need to, to have the ball. You still need to be in the group. You still need to know what other lads are. Going to be doing on the pitch, we only get from training as a, as opposed to just running running laps or that. So yeah, again, that would have hampered. And then I think Mead better in two thousand and two in the qualifier, and that probably would have knocked us back a little bit. And but then we we got back up and going. We won the division two in two thousand and six. Again, then after winning the division two, then the leagues got restructured again, so we didn't get to play division one. But uh, you know, look at. Yeah, it probably would have been, would have hampered things a little bit to foot and mouth. And it's funny when, when you do, when we were back training with COVID restrictions or whatever and trying to it kind of brought it all back, if that makes sense. And in 06, I think you won the Tommy Murphy, is it Tommy, was it Tommy Murphy Cup? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was kind of the tier two system, the tier two cup wasn't at the time. Yeah. What, what's your feeling around that, that tier, yeah, tier two structure? Good. Yeah, look, it was great to win it. Uh, we bet Leitrim in the final. Uh, probably no disrespect to ourselves or no disrespect to Leitrim. But I'd say there was probably better teams in it that probably didn't have any interest in playing it. You know, that's all the way. So, uh, as I say, it was great to win it. But was it a, was it a realistic tier two? I, I don't know. I don't know how... If if you brought that in now, I don't know how teams would react to that. If if they are tier two, or I suppose do you do promotion and things like that, it's it's so hard to know what's the right way at the minute, uh, what way to restructure things. Yeah, they're on about bringing in um the Telton Cup, you know, for Division Three and Division Four counties who haven't reached their provincial finals, um, and they won't be entered into the qualifiers. So. I don't know. I suppose it again. I suppose it depends, and it's subject to every team committing to it. Because if if strong teams are in that, and they're not going to commit to it, and if they're not going to get the the proper coverage and and whatnot, it's you know it's probably not going to be as it should be. Really, do you know? Yeah. yeah, it's not appealing for for the uh, for the for the teams that aren't like on any given day. Shocks happen, things like that. So that, in fairness, in a in the provincial or in a qualifiers, like we've had some great qualifier games down through the down through the years. In fairness, where there has been, like I think Longford give yourselves a scare one year, didn't they? Yeah, geez, I was at that game. Yeah, in, yeah. In, uh, okay. Oh yeah, that was probably oh five or six or something. Yeah, could have been around then. Yeah, um, yeah. And Sligo so, like, did as well. No. As well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it's like it's great for counties like that to get a crack at Kerry in the championship and maybe get them on an off day. And you know, so if they had a beachy that day, if they were 
they were heroes for life in in Sligo yeah. or Longford, you know. So that's probably the downside. I really don't know what's the best way to do it. I don't know if the provincials the way Leinster is at the minute. I don't know if 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 it's the right way. Like if going back to 2010, if we had have won that, like definitely would have been unbelievable. Can you see anyone beating Dublin at the minute? It's just it's just so hard to know. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Uh, obviously, I, I I couldn't go without asking about 2010, which I, I will in in a couple of minutes. But do you think Dublin are rattled this year? Are they as strong as they were? I don't know. I don't know if I suppose I don't follow football as much as I probably did or that. Uh, so I wouldn't be what would you say? I wouldn't have the the in depth knowledge of and to to give a to give a to give a what would you say a, a good answer. But personally, I just are, are they where they where they were probably not. I don't think. But is every other county where they are? I don't know. Like I know there was a good few retirements last year with with COVID. Mm-hmm. Did people did people see the other side of of life of not having to train day in day out the whole life against it and maybe say cheapest you know what is more to life than football, uh, and maybe try juggle where they were probably hundred percent football 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 now have they kind of you know as it sixty percent effort or maybe living their lives a bit more than than where they were. But then, like then, you I suppose you see them then on the on the watching the game or whatever. Like it's, I suppose all the the top five or six teams to see them. It's it just seems to be, you know, so athletic, so pacey. You know, it's it's great to watch. Yeah, there seems to be kind of a big gap there at the moment. Um, but like definitely at at the weekend meet, you know, did did give Dublin a bit of a, a rattling. But um, obviously Dublin won in the end. Um, but they came back well. 2010, um, I remember watching it. I remember saying it's an absolute disgrace. Surely the GA was stepping. They didn't. What's your memories and, and feelings of, of that time, of that game? Yeah, I suppose shortly after it's, it's funny, like, uh, like to have a, a replay or anything like that, I just think would have been an anticlimax. Uh, maybe it would have been the fair thing to do. Uh, I personally, I know Mead or uh, would have uh, whatever you say, allowed to Mead or whatever. But I think it was unfair what the GA done to Mead. They kind of put them, they kind of put the, the the decision onto them. I suppose they had the medals. They, you know, why would you take it off them or give the give another chance to take it off? So I just probably think the whole thing was dealt with wrong. But I suppose then experience I suppose had the and uh, a plan for something like that that would happen or you know I suppose the referee's decision at the end of the day whether it be right or wrong so like yeah I don't know what what the right thing would have been to do you have to admit it was the decision was definitely wrong um on, on the day 100% yeah 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 100% and not to consult with umpires and things like that I just think was a bit uh you know, but look at it is what it is, unfortunately. And uh yeah, it's one that will will uh I don't think will ever go away. It's a bit like the, the big push. Oh, yeah, 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 that push yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, in, in that game, I think I saw you talking about it before. I heard you talking about it somewhere. Um you kind of said that 
you know, you, you should have been well ahead even coming into the nine minutes of the game. Yeah, look at if you, I suppose, personally, I haven't looked at the game, but if you look at the game, we, you know, like, we were, we were the better team on the day. Uh, we probably just didn't take enough chances. Like we owned the ball for the last five minutes, and we probably could have clocked on a few more scores. But again, maybe just the the occasion, everything that probably maybe mentally got the better of us. Uh, and in fairness to me, they they held in and they did get the chance. I know whatever way they scored, they scored it. But in fairness, they did get the chance. And I know Paddy made a super block just seconds before that. Uh, which should have been the winning of the game, but again, yeah. In look at if you look at it honestly, we probably only have ourselves to blame. I know personally, I got involved with the referee, uh, kicked the ball away once or twice a, a few minutes before that. Where maybe if I hadn't, have, he might have blown the blown the whistle up earlier. So there are little things that you have to live with and uh, and have regrets over. How have you dealt with that over the years? I think even reading between the lines there, it's taken you a long time to come to terms with it, is it? Looking back in the game, you could have been like, if I didn't do this, if I didn't do that. Yeah, and going back to what I said at the very start uh, about the difference between winning and losing, or, you know, if we had won that, you probably wouldn't have, you wouldn't be thinking about it as much. But I just think going back to losses, you just you think about a loss more than you'd think about a win and what you could have done, what you should have done. So look at, yeah, it's, it's like going back to, uh, the first final in 2019, the, like I remember you'd be talking to Jim and we should have done this. We should have done that. We could have done this. We could have done that. Not having to go. Like, it's just, I think that's the way, well, personally for me, that's the way I go with losses. I'd focus in on what should have been done, what could have been done. And, and not let it go, and maybe that's in my makeup. That it's probably always very hard on myself with with uh, things that I should have done during games. Well, I think a good way is the game's over, move on, and next game. What was different for for you in in, in 2010? You know, to get you to the final. Um, I know you beat Longford, Kildare, and Westmeath, um, but. You know, were you always making that progress over the years or did something happen in, in, in 2010? Yeah, uh, I suppose we've been knocking, we had been knocking on the door. Uh, like 2006 was massive. Like if you go back to the Division 2 final, you beat Donegal and that. And that's probably the Donegal team that went on to win. Uh, I suppose probably a majority of that panel went on to win the, the All-Ireland. Uh, I just think in 2010, uh, it's funny, like Fitzer, uh, Fitzer was a, what would you say, a manager that in, knew his limitations maybe and got people in that that would, would, would benefit him. And I remember we went to Donegal and uh, Brian McIniff got involved with a training session with Peter McDonald from Armagh. Uh, involved as well so like there was there was a good background team and Fitzer built a good background team with the selectors he had uh, strong very strong selectors and then obviously then you had Pete and uh, Brian that was involved as well and we went down to Kildare with a very very simple game plan and 
it's from a manager's point of view, probably it's a dream. The the game plan worked, and uh, for the players, then it was very easy to buy into it. Then uh, I suppose we played Longford, and we kind of huffed and puffed in that game, and it was on the on the on the after that game that we brought in the the game plan, and then we probably played the best football that we played in a long long time against Kildare, and that gave us belief <coughs> going into play Westmead. And yeah, we just got over the line against Westmead. So I suppose momentum had brought us brought us along along the way, and then I suppose that just knocked the stuff out of us then for for a good few years after that. I think. Yeah, like what would the the following say? I suppose the week first of all the week after the that event, you know, the Leinster final. What was it like in the county? And what was it like in the camp? It might have been a bit different in the camp. Yeah, I was still. It was very up in the air. No one knew what was happening. Uh, you know, again, it was we we actually played Dublin then. I don't know if it was the week after or the or that, but like mentally, we were in no no fit state to play a game. Uh, feeling sorry for ourselves, what should have been, what could have been. You know, I think I just yeah no, it actually really honestly knocked the stuff and I learned up, and that's not looking for an excuse or anything, but. I just think it was something very hard to hard to to react from. Do you know? Do you think it, it affected um low football for a couple of years? Yeah, I definitely think it I definitely think it did. Uh I suppose there was we haven't really had a run since, uh, I don't think. Uh but yeah, no, I definitely think it did and like it I suppose uh, it's funny enough. I was talking to a neighbour up the road a couple of weeks ago who hasn't gone to a game of game of football since. Has completely lost, uh, lost everything for GAA. It's like I, I just don't think it's football. Uh, it knocked loud football back. I think it knocked a lot of people's belief in the GAA by out of it. You know that they, they kind of stood by something like that. But look at I suppose everyone's thoughts on it are, are different. What is GA like in the country now? In sorry, in, in the county now. Um, like, would it be the main sport in in Louter? Rugby be or be, be big there? Rugby would be high. Soccer would be high. Uh, maybe because I'm. What would you say? I'd be a GA man. That I would see more GA. I would probably say it is number one. Uh, I know you had Dundalk success, but. I suppose a lot of the players weren't really from Dundalk. There wasn't that many from Dundalk. Maybe the draw is the same. Uh, you would have a lot of soccer clubs in both both towns. Uh, rugby would be big in Dundalk, RD and uh, Drogheda. Uh, but I personally, I'd still say that that uh, Gaelic would be still the number one sport played. Maybe not followed. Uh, but I definitely think Mickey Hart's appointment has has maybe changed that the, the run they got in the league, uh, the way they're playing, just the, just what Mickey Hart brought to the county was a bit of a buzz, and it's how we how we uh, keep keep going with that buzz, I suppose. How do you think um, Peter Fitzpatrick approached Mickey Hart? Like, oh, like what you know, if you're selling the the county and selling the job. You know what? What? What was? You know what would have wetted um, Mickey Hart's lips with the prospect of of taking over? Loud. I suppose 
from not been involved with the county or anything like that, but we would have played we would have played a lot of clubs outside the county in the last couple of years. Uh, and to be to be top clubs in other counties and you'd be kind of saying what's the difference? Uh, so I'd say what if Mickey Hart went to a club game in any county and went to a club game in Loud, where he might see some sort of a higher class in, in depending on which county you go but personally I honestly think that the players in Loud are as good as maybe not obviously the top five or six uh, but you have as good as players there that, is, that are in the majority of other counties and I just think it's probably and looking back over my career it's probably the top six inches and I'd say Mickey Hart can see that and uh, I suppose he's He's on a hiding to nothing, really. Uh, Division 4 team at its lowest. Uh, everything's a plus from here on for, for Mickey Hart. But I, I don't think Mickey Hart would be looking at that. I don't think he'd be lucky, happy to stay in Division 3 this year or get to Division 2 and stay in Division 2. I'd say he's Mickey Hart has ambitions, I'm sure. I, I, I Obviously, I don't know the man. But and I'd say he sees the group of players that are there. Uh, and I'd say if he gets time, he will... He will uh, bring loud football massively forward. But I suppose, you know, from a county board's perspective, he's after bringing the, the county to Division Three. So that's yeah. you know that's, that's a good a good year in the in the job already, and hopefully he can capitalize on that. Um, and again, I suppose to be, you touching it around the big thing would be he brought a buzz around the place. Now he has a buzz around the place. Lads want to you know represent loud and. You know, lads might might go abroad for a summer when because they can play with the county, little things like that yeah. probably. Like a few lads that retired last year who had retired had finished, and then Mickey Art comes aboard. Like they want to back in. I'm sure every every lad now that's, that was on the verge maybe for the last couple of years is really is really pushing it now to stand out in club championship. Uh, lads that maybe did walk away are the same or putting that extra effort in to 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 be to stand out in club games. So that's only going to improve the club. It's only going to improve uh, loud football. Like as I said, you go back to when our lads come back from the county. Like the, the, the I suppose their everything had changed with them. The men, mentality, the the physique. Just I just think it's it's going to be it's going to be great. What what he's bringing. And so you could clearly see the difference this time around compared to years ago when guys came back from the county training. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like obviously when they would be coming back before, I definitely think they would have had a. Obviously, they'd they'd be standing out or whatever, obviously because they're the better players and they would be naturally fitter and all that. But I just think this year since they came back, I even think mentally they're a lot stronger. I think I know. The, the defeat against Offaly was hard to take for them. They've probably been the better team on the day and, and uh, just to cough up a few silly goals or whatever that bet them. But I think everyone's kind of looking forward to getting back to back to the county, which is a great which is a great buzz to see. Peter Fitzpatrick obviously was in, in charge in, in 2010 and um he's obviously the I think he's in the doll as well. Is he T D as well or is he in the um, I think he's a TD yeah, as well, yeah. and he uh, obviously yeah, he chairman. was Fine Gael, I think. Is he independent uh, now, or is he, who's he gone to now? 
he's gone independent then and, and got in easily. So yeah, yeah. There's enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then obviously he's he's the chairman now in of the of the county. Look from the outside looking in, he seems to be doing excellent um in relation to obviously securing the services of Mickey Hart and putting I think he's after is is it confirmed that the new stadium will be will be built in in Dun, in Dundalk, um, which is, is yeah. great. Yeah. And I actually I found it very hard to believe that would I be right in saying you had no actual big county stadium? You're using more of a club team stadium for years. Yeah, yeah, for years, yeah, yeah. Jesus, I, I, I just took it for granted you would have had yeah. a place like yeah. to call your own. No, no. They, I thought we would have a, a centre of excellence in Darva, where it would be the training facilities, but there's no stand or anything like that there. So we just... Uh, would have been the Arahalis and Drahada would have been the main county ground for years. And so that's like, yeah, again, going back to what you're saying, I just, I think Peter, uh, look, I don't really follow politics or anything like that, but he just seems to be a doer and get stuff done. And put, again, going back to his management days, he mightn't have been good at something, but he got someone in that was good at it. Uh, so I just think that's what he, he does. He He's a good organiser. He's been a successful businessman. He knows... He's probably running it like a business. So, uh, and I suppose the biggest thing is he is he is loud football at his at his heart and wants to wants to make loud football better. And I just think that's the biggest biggest thing. Seems I have you on here now. Not many people listen to this podcast, you know, so you can admit anything you want. Um, yeah. If you were asked to come on board in the backroom team of a of a county, would you would you be interested? Uh, obviously, obviously you would, yeah. Like, it's, it's what would I say? I, I suppose, like, Jesus, I'd love to be what would I say, twenty-two again or twenty-five again, whatever, and have the experience under Mickey Hart to see exactly how it's done. You'd love to, have, you know, tasting it with with uh, Jimmy Guinness and JD stories and all that, like, just to see what it's what it's. What it's like on the other end, uh, yeah, yeah, geez, yeah, yeah. I definitely, I'd always, I suppose, I'd always want to have it to see how things are done. If that makes sense, like, geez, you'd be asking the lads what Mickey like, how, what you'd be doing, training, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yeah, they've been always an interest. So, yeah, definitely would love to have a an insight of of how it's done. You know, in in other counties or other experience that I haven't experienced. I often throw this to people. Um, do you think experiences of your youth shaped you into the person you are today? Cheaper. Uh, that's deep. <laughs> that's deep. Again, it gets deep. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. It does get deep. I, like, I suppose, for example, you know, if you're going to GA games from a very young age, your natural progression then would continue and you have that love for the GA. Um, or if you're, if you're a background, your family involved in finance, no, you're down. You're doing that now. That could be another example. Yeah, uh, I, from, from personally, uh, like I suppose I wouldn't have went to a loud, many loud games uh, as underage or anything like that. She said, "See, picking out in five and I think the only game I actually do remember was in going to was in 1998, uh, which was the year before I started. Uh, so I wouldn't have been a big like." 
I wouldn't have been like I wouldn't have even known who the county players was then. But I suppose that's that's back then. There was no social media around like that. There's a lot more. Uh, so yeah, to answer that, uh, I suppose from a from a football end, yes, I would have had two older brothers who weren't soft when we used to play in the background or in the back garden, and that would have definitely me. For my uh, my football career, whether it be soccer or playing, but I suppose I would have got a lot of experience out there. Like the brother who used to play up front and used to have to go out into the road and hit balls across, and you know, so uh, you would have got a lot of experience there, even unknown to yourself. But I suppose to answer the question, I'd, I'd probably have to think a little bit more about that. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think your experience from from youth going right up to now to maybe ten years fast forward on, I just think your experience, yes, would make you the person you are. Like, you know, even there's the young lad; he won't go down a slide. He he obviously had a had a bad experience; only three on a slide. Oh, yeah. uh, so obviously he's holding that. So yeah, I definitely think your experiences do do make you the person you are. It's another thing I, I throw to people and they, uh, I've gotten very interesting uh, answers to it, but what would be two daily non-negotiables for you? That I wouldn't do? That non-negotiables that you would do on a daily basis? Uh, I'd, yeah, oh, you could. Uh, like have a cup of coffee in the morning or, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, at the minute, uh, I suppose... I'd be a bit of a, you know, I'd, this month it could be, you know, coffee or whatever. But yeah, no, I try get up in the morning and try to, even if it's five minutes exercise uh, and then have a coffee just to try. I just think for me, it's how I start the day kind of uh, brings it on throughout the day. If I start lazily, I'll kind of be lazy throughout the day. So I do try to start with something. Look at I'm not saying it's a it's a big circuit or anything like that, but just try to get something done uh, first thing to to uh, and I suppose try to have a positive outlook on each day. That that'd be my my main thing was to try to have a positive, and I haven't always been like that. Uh, and I suppose only in the last couple of years that I, I've tried to focus in on that to to try to take every everything as a positive and every outlook to, that has a positive. So it's kind of it's. It's going well at the minute. <laughs> what have been, you know, looking back in your career, what would, what have, what have, what have been the biggest learning and learnings from your career that you'd like to instill in, um, into an underage team? Because you're kind of saying you'd like to coach an underage team. Yeah, I just going back to what I suppose what I keep saying it was Jim or whatever, but that change there that no person is bigger than the team would be my the biggest thing and no egos and just everyone there for each other and I suppose that's easy to say but I'd say it's the hardest thing to to, to get across to people and yeah I just think if if any team or any office or any establishment has no egos and everyone's there to help each other I just think everything works so much better Oh, definitely, definitely. Look, last uh, last question. Um, who has been your toughest opponent from a con- inter county perspective and club perspective? Uh, inter county, 
I just think probably looking back at like defenders. No, no disrespect to other people, just from your own, yeah, your own experience. Yeah, I just think looking back, defenders were defenders back in the day, like it was 15 on 15. And I think you'd have so much more respect for defenders back then because, like, geez, they'd be hung out to dry now, you know, sort of way. So it was you against him. Uh, Cahill Daly and uh, Brian Lacey, I always found uh, just mentally or cleverness wise, just so, so miles ahead. Do you know, it's uh, like no when to pull, no when to get in in front, no when to let you win the ball. Just thought them two and I really, really, really stood out. On a club level, owned uh, some boogly uh, from the Pats, I always found was very. Very tough. Look, um, uh, JP, we I think we we covered a good bit, um, and hopefully, look, low G, you know, are in a good uh, position going forward and will prosper under the, the stewardship of, of Mickey Hart and obviously Peter Fitzpatrick in, in the in the background, um, and hopefully, you might see you on the sideline at some stage down 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 the down the road, um, yeah. look. Thanks a million for taking time out coming on inside of your podcast and look best luck with everything going forward. Yeah, and thanks a million for having me, Jamie, and best of luck with your own venture there. I hope you all enjoyed that interview with JP and we'd like to take this opportunity to thank JP for coming on inside of your podcast and we wish him the very best luck going forward. That is all from us on this week's podcast. Please do get in contact with the show if you'd like to contribute in any way possible. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Please do contact us or follow us on social media. If you want to email us, firstly, you can email us info on the ball teambuilding.com. You're able to find us on Instagram at underscore on the ball team building. Over on Facebook, it's on the ball team building. Over on Twitter, it's at we are on the ball two. That's a digit two. You'll also find us on LinkedIn on the ball team building, and you'll also find us on TikTok on the ball team building. Have a lovely week and be sure to tune in again next week. We have another exciting guest. Till then, stay safe and remember, cred on it, fan. Talk to you all soon and thank you all for listening.